Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back. This is the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell, the host of the show. So glad you could join me on yet another episode. And if you're a brand new listener, really appreciate you jumping on. And hopefully what I talk about today will have enough in it that uh, says to you, oh, I better come back and listen to another episode or start looking at the back catalog. So uh, hopefully there'll be some value in this episode for you today. And of course, if you are a avid listener, if you are a regular listener, again, I really appreciate you coming back and listening, and hopefully that I'm continuing to deliver value to you as you make your way on your journey to being a, success, a successful and uh, exceptional sales leader, but also paying it forward to your team. Because one thing about this and the success journey is not a single journey; it takes a team. And uh, no successful sales leader, no exceptional sales leader, is an exceptional sales leader on their own. It actually takes a team to build a success culture, and uh, we have a big part to play in that. But obviously. What I'm hoping is you're taking this information you've been listening to on the podcast and implementing it, first of all, for yourself in terms of your leadership capacity and capability, but also paying it forward to your team because no doubt there'll be people in your team right now who have the capability and also have the ambition to become a sales leader themselves. And it's our duty as exceptional sales leaders to create that space and give them the opportunity to do just that. Now, it may be within your team or it may actually be somewhere else, but for you playing a part in that, in developing your team and getting them to a level where they can actually take on a team themselves and move forward and develop in that area is a phenomenal opportunity, but it's also a big responsibility. So it's a, it's a great, great thing. So hopefully I'm playing a little playing a little part in that for you as you as you do that. So thank you once again for plugging in to the podcast. Now, in today's episode, uh, question off the top. Who is in control of your agenda? Now, this might sound a really obvious question, and you might be sitting there thinking, well, hang on, I'm in control of my agenda. Nobody controls my agenda. I control it. Well, that might be true on the surface, but if you actually looked into your diary, and if you looked at and did an audit, say, of the last two weeks, how many of the appointments and how many of the things that are in your diary, for example, have been put in there by you versus how many have been requests from other People Now, it might shock you, but it's interesting. I did a straw poll on this with a number of clients over the last month or so, and it was staggering to see that approximately, in most cases, about 75% of appointments, of things in people's diaries, were actually other people putting things in that diary. So they were requests. They were calendar invitations. They were things that needed to be done that other people have requested. And only a very small percentage, under 25% in many cases, were things that are placed in the diary by the sales leader themselves. Now, it's really, what's really interesting about this is when I talk to a lot of sales leaders, one of the biggest frustrations they have is just the sheer level of busyness that they find themselves in. There never seems to be enough hours in the day to get things done. There always seems to be somebody that's asking for something a demand that's being placed on them, and it's very difficult to plan, and it's also very difficult for many of them to have any sort of rhythm in place to enable them to get into a level of consistency and therefore deliver the results that ultimately they want to deliver. And this is something they have to deal with and grapple with every single day because they're busy, 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 but not necessarily when they really analyze this, really productive. 
And one of the things I talked about last week, I ran a, I ran a, um, a workshop for a group and we we're talking about taking productivity to an entirely new level. And one of the key things around that was I asked this very, very basic question, but a very, very powerful question. And that is, is this, what I'm doing right now, the very best use of my time? Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you would have heard me say that a few times over the journey, depending on the topic that I'm talking about. But it's a really powerful question, but it's a question that not many people ask themselves enough of, enough about, because they never really give it much thought in terms of they're always caught up in doing, 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 and not necessarily stepping back and actually analyzing the situation and say, well, I really should be doing this, or should I be doing something different? Is this something that I've asked myself to do that's important to me, or is it something that's on somebody else's agenda, and they've actually thrown it over the fence and asked me to do this? And I've just said yes, right? Because that's what I that's that's the way I've been conditioned. So that question is a very, very powerful question. And what it does, it very quickly brings your attention back into the present moment and gets you to really analyze, should I be spending my time doing something more productive, or is this the very best use of my time? Very, very simple but powerful question. Now, the thing that, that I found with a lot of sales leaders, and look, this doesn't just apply to sales leaders, leadership in general is quite uh, is quite <laughs> quite a busy role, yes depending on the organization, of course, but it also can be a quite stressful role as well. And what I've noticed over many years watching leaders and working with leaders is they tend to fill their diaries up with meeting after meeting after meeting to the point where they never really get themselves any what I call third space time or gap time to go between meetings. So they're literally running from meeting to meeting and being perpetually late in a lot of cases and not necessarily being fully present for those particular meetings as well because there's no downtime between between those particular meetings. And so one of the things to think about is there's so much of a demand on people's time. There never seems to be enough time to be as productive as we want to do. And this is not necessarily their, their fault uh, entirely, although one of the things we need to be uh, conscious of is we all take responsibility for everything we do and therefore we must take responsibility for our own diary and therefore the results that we deliver. But when I say it's not their fault, they're wanting, they're wanting to do the right thing. They're trying to say uh, and say and do things to move the organization forward, move the team forward, create an environment where success can actually happen. And therefore, they can't necessarily prioritize the activities and prioritize their diary to the point where, where am I going to be spending my time that will be creating the biggest bang for my buck or the biggest outcome in terms of effort? And so one of the things to think about here is we've got to look at our diary and take back control. So to be uber productive, and I talked about this last week with this in this workshop, is to be productive, we must take control back of our agenda. And this is fundamental. And for many people, it's simply making a decision to do that. Now, you can go to multiple different courses and learn all these productivity hacks and Pomodoro techniques and all that sort of stuff, and they work, and they work very, very well. But for many people... It's simply making a decision to take back control of their diary and therefore of their agenda. Too many people are at the behest of others around them and therefore they're allowing other people to control the agenda and therefore they wonder why they're feeling so busy and not as productive as they could. Many people unfortunately also don't have the propensity to want to say no or they don't feel as if they're able to say no based on the people that are asking them to do certain things and they'll just say yes. We always have to remember that certainly as leaders, we're setting the example first of all, but we're also conditioning other people on how to deal with us. And if we continue to say yes to everything, if we continue to allow other people to uh, control our diary and to control and dictate, therefore, I guess, the, the things that go in that diary, then we are conditioning people and basically saying it is okay to continue to behave like that. It is okay to treat me like that. And as harsh as this sounds, we end up getting the results that we actually 
deserve. Now, one of the, just to prove this point, one of the recent clients I work with uh, was a person and still is a person, <laughs> still is a person that uh, has a very, very demanding role. Uh, probably has between 10 and 12 people reporting directly to them. And their team, uh, let's just say that they were very, very dependent on this particular client to be constantly available. And let's let's be honest, he wanted to be available and constantly made himself available to help the team. So the I guess the intentions and the ambition that he had was actually very pure because he wanted to serve his team and help them be more productive and therefore get great results, which would be a positive reflection on him. The only problem with this is that he was completely at the mercy of his team's agenda. Now, one of the things we did when we were working together is I said, um, and I'll just call him Tom. I said, Tom, can you have a look back over the last two weeks in your diary and let's just count up the number of appointments that have been placed in your diary through other people requesting your time and how many of those were requests that didn't have any context. So there wasn't necessarily a clearly defined context. There wasn't a purpose. There wasn't an agenda. Uh, And in many cases, there weren't key topic areas to talk about. Uh, Sometimes what he would get would be simply a time and a date, and maybe, if he's lucky, a dialing number or even a room number if there was going to be a meeting face-to-face. And so when we looked at this, he said, well, this is really interesting because I think about 80% of my time or my diary notes are from people with that sort of setup. They don't give me the uh, the exact uh, purpose of the meeting. They don't give me the agenda, and I'm just accepting them. I said, Interesting. All right, so, and you're now saying to me that you're very, very busy and you don't feel as if you've got enough time to get everything done and it's placing pressure on you to try and be all things to all people because you're allowing people to control your agenda. I said, right, this is what we're going to do. What we're going to do now is for every single request that comes in to want to meet with you, if they don't have a clearly defined purpose, if they don't have a topic, if they don't have a clear outcome outlined in terms of what the purpose of the meeting is going to be and if they don't include an agenda, you are going to decline it, and you're going to decline it straight away. This is not decline with an explanation. This is purely just decline. So I said, this is what's going to happen. I said, Tom, there'll be two things that take place. One is they'll get on the phone straight away and say, Tom, I just sent you a note, and you've declined it. Can I ask you why you've declined it? And then you can start educating them on what you expect around future requests for your time. I said, the second thing is going to happen. Then you can decide based on that conversation as to whether you should be attending that meeting or not. The second thing that's going to happen, and this is probably going to be more likely, is there'll be nothing. You won't hear anything back from them. The meeting will go ahead, which means you probably didn't need to be at that meeting anyway. They were just probably including you because they wanted to do the right thing or they felt as if you needed to be across something or felt that you felt you needed to be across something. So I said, let's just see and test this out and see what happens. So for the next three weeks, this is exactly what he did. For every person who actually didn't send him a clearly defined outcome, context, agenda, etc. in the in the calendar invite, he declined it. And what he found, much to his surprise, but also I guess when we when we uh when we talked about this and when we uh digested it, much to his uh relief, he had he all of a sudden had released about fifty to sixty percent of his time, which could now be dedicated to things that he could be more proactive on and he now took back control of his agenda which meant that a huge number of those meetings he never needed to be at because they never responded when he said a decline. They never called him. They never sent an email. They just, 
It was just silence. So Tom learned a very, very valuable lesson there in that he wasn't going to be at the, at the mercy of other people's agendas. He was now going to have more control over his agenda because then he could decide which meetings he was going to go to, which calendar invitations he was going to accept, and he, he was in a much better position now to be more proactive and now more strategic because that's one of the things we were working on. How can he get rid of all the busyness and start to be more productive and more strategic in his thinking and be more forward focusing? Because with all this busyness, he felt as if he was just reactionary, moving around, doing the admin stuff and doing like transactional surface level sort of stuff without necessarily getting into a position where he could start to be really strategic and really proactive. And all of a sudden, having 50 to 60% of his time now freed up because he didn't need to be at that meeting, all of a sudden, opportunity was created. And all it took was him to make a decision and me to say to him, it's okay to do this because, again, we've got to be really conscious of the conditioning we're actually doing for other people on how to treat us. It was a really, really valuable lesson. And thankfully, to this day, he is still doing that. But what he's enabled, be, it's enabled him to do is have conversations and better educate people on when they want a piece of his time, they know what needs to happen. So here's the question for you. If you are right now finding yourself in the depths of busyness, you feel you get to the end of the day and you think, oh my God, I've done a lot, but what have I actually done? And you can't necessarily put a finger on specifically what you've achieved, then chances are you're living your business life in a way that other people are more controlling of your time and they're actually controlling their own agenda and you are moving and flexing to their agenda. We've lost the ownership of our own agenda. So how do we get that back? How do we start to make the make the play, if you like, to control the agenda and actually get ourselves back on, first of all, an even keel and then be a little bit more proactive in terms of what we allow into our into our environment? Well, first thing first is we need to make a decision. Nothing, nothing happens without first making a decision. And just so you know, not making a decision is actually a decision in and of itself. So the first thing we need to make a decision on is... Am I willing to take back control of my own agenda? Now, if the answer to that question is, yep, absolutely, I've got to get back control so that uh, I'm not going to be at the mercy of other people and I've given myself an opportunity of really taking my productivity to the next level, there's a number of things, therefore, we need to start thinking about putting in place and being really, really rigid around these. The first one is put some rules in place, set some ground rules, set some ground rules like Tom did in relation to what he's going to accept and what he's not going to accept. And this means sometimes you're going to have to have, have to have some difficult conversations and maybe some unfamiliar conversations because we have been conditioning people up until this point on how to treat us through our behavior. So if that behavior is going to change and we've made a conscious decision to change, then it stands to reason we will have to have at some point a conversation about what we will accept and what we won't. And therefore, it might be difficult to have, but it's no doubt a conversation that we must have if we are to rest back control. The next one is to think about what is important to you. What is going to be the thing that we'll use as, you'll use as a filter, if you like, in terms of being able to determine well, which ones will I accept? What will I put in my diary? What won't I put in my diary? And therefore, what will I get on my agenda? You have to know what's important to you, and it's not necessarily just the things that are urgent. You have to actually have a filtering process where you look at everything from multiple different angles and really ask yourself some questions about, okay, will this move the dial? Is this something that is going to be revenue generating, for example? So that's the part of the question you ask is, is this going to be revenue generating? Is it going to help my team? Is it going to move the needle forward? Is it going to move the dial forward? Part of that will be understanding, therefore, whether it's important or not. Now, if it's not important, then don't do it. And, and you've now freed up some time in your diary. And that also might 
need a conversation with other people because you'll know as well as I do, there'll be people that are asking you to do things and it could be reports, it could be a whole host of things that when you look at it, they're never used. They're not important. People are just asking you for these because they've always been asked for and we've always delivered them. We need to start asking people more about why we're needing this information to be provided because chances are a lot of it you're doing right now is not even required. So um, the next one is diarize everything. And I, I mean everything. Diarize absolutely everything. And particularly when it comes to diarizing thinking time. Now, this is also not about blocking out your diary so nobody can get access to it. I'm not talking about that. What I am talking about is making sure that you give yourself passes of time that you put in your diary and these are non-negotiable. So if you're going to do reflection time at a certain time each week, it's in your diary and nobody is going to move that. I don't care who it is, you're not going to move that at all. So you need to be really clear on what you're going to diarize and commit to it. Too many sales leaders in particular have things like a to-do list or things they've got on their in their diary, but their diary is in their head. You've got to get out of our head. We've got to put it on paper. We've got to put it into an electronic device. We've got to diarize this stuff because if we don't diarize it, chances are it will not get done. So diarize everything, especially thinking time. The next one is to think about of how can I be more demanding of others? And this is coming back to the ground rules you put in place. How can you make it not so much more difficult for people to get access to you, but you've got to make them earn it. You just don't give your time away for nothing because you've got to have a value of your time. What is your time worth? If you sit down with somebody for half an hour and they actually waste your time, think about what it costs you, but also what it costs the business for you being not productive for that half an hour of time. If you then extrapolate that out and think about how many times you do that over the course of a week, a month, or hence a year, there's a lot of potential non-productive time that could be best served doing other things that are going to be generating revenue, generating sales, moving the needle forward. So make a decision to be more demanding of others because again, this will come down to conditioning. And the last one is probably the the one that many, many sales leaders need to do a lot more often is they need to learn to say no more often. Now, too many sales leaders say yes, and I've been in, in environments, particularly around the coaching industry, that talks about, hey, just say yes and work out how. Well, if you look at successful people, and success always leaves clues, some of the most successful people on the planet say no first which means that the people that are asking them to do things have to do their homework. They have to know how this person thinks. They have to make it known in terms of what the benefits are going to be and therefore build a business case in order to convince this person or influence them to say yes because they know more times than not the answer is going to be no. So if you can learn to say no more often, it means you're going to again be conditioning and training people on getting more educated getting more specific on what it is they're going to be asking you to do, which only serves to improve the level of productivity because they know that you are the one that controls the agenda, not them. So key message out of today, if you find yourself caught up in a, in a sea of busyness, going from meeting to meeting, conversation to conversation, and getting to the end of the day, feeling as if you haven't achieved a huge amount and you can't really put your finger on it, chances are that you are not in full control of your own agenda and it's time to wrestle that back. And as we talked about, it takes a decision. Make that decision and everything will fall from that. So I trust that message helps. I trust it resonates. And a key reminder before we wrap up that if you are committed to taking your sales leadership to another level because you know there's another level of performance you can get to, and you are committed to becoming an exceptional sales leader, then love to have a conversation with you to see if and how I might be able to help you do just that. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, we'll jump on a Zoom call, have a conversation, and then get started to work together one-on-one as early as this week. So uh, if you're just looking for information, probably not the best time, but if you are committed to taking your leadership 
to that exceptional uh, sales leader level, then more than happy to work with you one-on-one to help you do just that over the next 90 days. So look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.